Although I've seen some scripts, I know the words weren't spelled right. There was hardly any commas in it at all. So I don't think that's too important. Hey, you want to get on the train here, or you want to ruin another take, huh? It's too cerebral. We're trying to make a movie here, not a film. Man, I don't drop character till I've done a DVD commentary. You want to eat the writer? Be my guest. That will leave you to explain how else your character is supposed to get to Bremen. Welcome back to another episode of the In the Mouth of Darkness Chatcast. I am your host, Brad Gullickson, the Mouth Dork, and joining me today is Lisa Gullickson, the Wife Dork. How are you doing, Lisa? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much. Why are you doing awesome? Because this week we're bringing you a very special Comic-Con edition of the Chatcast with... Jason Muse. Yeah. Of Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Weird. And of his new film, his directorial debut, Madness in the Method. Gosh, this is crazy. Um, Jay and Silent Bob, right? Clerks, Mall Rats, Chasing Amy. These were seminal films for young Brad. And to be in the room with Jason Muse and talk about his directorial debut was surreal. It was, it was so special. I found him to be just a really genuine and sweet guy. Yeah. Uh, the only problem I had with it is right before Comic-Con, I came down with a little bit of a cold and I totally blew out my voice. He did. And you get to hear it on this and it sounds like straight gravel. <laughs> it was so sad. I've never been sick in nine years of attending Comic-Con, so I was due. Now, the great thing is, is when you have a partner like Lisa Gullickson, uh, she can come in and take charge and do the entire interview. And as you'll hear, I'm sitting to the right of them both. And I'm just like one little listener on this podcast, uh, observing and taking in all this very cool chatter that Lisa and Jason have. Yeah, I could not have done it without you because going into that interview, my first solo interview with someone so iconic, I was super nervous. You're a little nervous. Yeah. You're a little nervous. But you didn't need to be because Jason was incredibly sweet. He was. When we got there, we were told that he was finishing up his lunch and he needed some extra time. And when we were invited into his suite, we actually saw that he was building Legos. He was in mid-build. And I thought that was really rad. And he had like scurried off the parts into the corner of the of the hotel room, but he had left a table full of of pieces that he was sorting. Uh, and and like I was just like, oh, this guy, he's my guy. We can get together. Unfortunately, voice gone. So it was on Lisa. But he saw that Lisa was wearing the Veronica Mars shirt, and we'll hear this in the chat. I don't want to. We're spoil leaving it. anything, anything, and everything in. It's all gold. Yeah. So the whole intro is going to be there. Lisa and Jason start talking about Veronica Mars, and it's it's a total delight. And I just had so much fun watching you two work. Just a heads up about the audio quality. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did invite us out onto his balcony, so we were looking over his vast domain over the San Diego Comic-Con It's actually and the marina. a really great view of that marina because you can see all the attendees shuffling back and forth between the Marriott and the convention center. Just like little tiny ants walking in lines. Yeah, and you know, like for a guy like Jason Mewes who's been going to the con for almost 35 years, he yeah. said 97 is his first con, and, and to see the convention grow to this mega mecca event, 
uh, you know, like he's in awe of it, and here we are basking above them. Uh, like it, it was, it was, it, it was, was just an interesting perspective. Cool. It's pretty darn cool, but, but it yeah, was a little audio, windy. Little windy, a little. So windy. Um, we're just recording it with our iPhones. Which you get to hear the clickety clack of iPhone on table as we set our <laughs> iPhones down. But it's a really good conversation, and I think it is worth the hassle of the, you know, lower than average audio quality. We tried to keep it spoiler free, but you know, Jason and I, we couldn't help ourselves. Like Madness in the Method, real quick. It is a meta movie in which Jason is playing himself, trying to break free from the persona of Jay. Yeah. And his best bud is Vinnie Jones. He's got a girlfriend in Gina Carano. Of course, Kevin Smith shows up and a whole bunch of other weirdos like Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher. And Stan Lee. It's Stan Lee. It is Stan Lee's last cinematic appearance. And of course, we talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we do. Uh, I would recommend watching the film. Like I said, it comes out at the... August 2nd. August 2nd, at the start of August. So be on the lookout for that. Enjoy this conversation. We'll meet you back on the other side of it. Jay, this is Lisa and Brad. Hi, Hi. nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, bro. Um, You guys can sit down. I don't know. Is it just this song? Is it just talk? No video? Uh, Yeah, no video. This is just audio. I know yesterday we tried to like do this way. This is gorgeous. But the sun was. You can come out here. The sun was too bright for the camera, so. Oh, this is perfect. Why don't, how about you two sit, and then we'll put the audio right between the yeah, two. Yeah, Brad. I've blown out my voice. Brad has laryngitis. So he's going to be my silent bomb. Nice. <laughs> I love it, I love it. So you record and I'll record. Okay. Should I put it here? Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. Gorgeous. Alrighty. I want to start by saying we super enjoyed the movie. Oh, thank you. I thank thought you. the fact that you could keep the silliness and still go super dark. Um, there is a lot about the movie to think about mm-hmm. and talk about. So I'm really excited awesome. to really get into it. I hope it's okay. I'm sorry, is that Veronica Mars? It is. Uh, uh, the Veronica Mars panel was today. I know, and they're on the boat. When I was leaving, uh, they were doing the panel with Kevin. Uh, not panel, but yeah, getting the, interviewed on the boat. Yeah. I'm so excited. I didn't even know it was coming back till I was dri- Like, literally four days ago, five days ago, it was a big billboard on Sunset. Uh-huh. I was like, called and drove my wife up. I was like, oh my gosh. She's like, I know. Did I you like, Did you watch the Kickstarter movie? Yes. You did? I've watched all of it. I, I'm current. I didn't read the books. I didn't know they had books. Oh, yeah. Someone on the boat was saying there was two books in between... I've read the books, I haven't watched the movie, and it's because I thought that when I watched the movie it was going to be over, yeah, <laughs> so I, I was just kind of delaying that, I but now it. that I know that there's going, they're coming back, then but, I'll but finally is, watch does it. does the books, uh, so then, if the books were after the movie, correct, so were the books They were just sort of, new, they were new mysteries, that's, okay, that's then, it, and it's the same then, kind of vibe, yeah. Okay, okay, I didn't know if you skipping the movie then reading the books sort of ruined anything from you. I don't think so. I don't think so. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, Brad and I watched the film as a screener in our hotel room. Cool. But as we were watching it, we were going, this 
would be amazing with the crowd. So you've already done one screening Last here, night, right? Yeah. How did it go? It was good. It was good. It was a smaller theater, but it was, I mean, again, I, I, people said good things. Excuse me, I, I just don't ever know because I feel, maybe it's my me being insecure, but people were there, said good things after the fact and took pictures and stuff, but I always wonder, would anyone come up and go, dude, I fucking hated it. I guess someone would, but one out of 20 people might say, fuck, this movie sucks, I can't believe you wasted my time. I guess the people who left who didn't say anything might have hated it. But there, I think most people stopped and said, but it was good. It was cool to see. It was, but it's they laughed in good spots where I thought they would laugh. They laughed in spots I thought they, I didn't know they'd laugh and, and all that. So it was good. But the film also leaves a person with a lot to process because it's this whole meta, um, surreal kind of story that feels intimate to your life, yeah. right? It uses some of your origin story to create the character of Jay in this yes. film. So I think that, it, like, I find myself going like, now I want to ask super personal questions of yeah. you. And um, so do you think that that would influence a, a reaction that someone would give you directly? What do you mean? Would uh, them watching it and feeling the way you feel with it? Like, uh, okay, let's, let's just get it, it into the question. Yes. So, where did the germ of this film start? And um, what's your relationship to the two writers, Chris Anastasia and Dominic Burns? So uh, it started because Dominic Burns was doing a movie. Uh, we did a movie while well, he was doing a movie and asked me if I'd come be part of it and play in London called Devil's Tower. Mm -hmm. um, and he was a producer on that. Um, and so when we were, I was out there, I did the movie. Um, and it was, again, it was a little bit different, but it was still that sort of slapsticky guy and, uh, you know, character that I usually play, a, a version of that. Um, and then so when we were done, I stayed there for a few days and did some sightseeing and spent time with Dominic. And Dominic was like, hey, what, what other things would you like to do? Like, what, what besides playing this character and acting and stuff, like, what, that, this character, what else would you like to do? And I was telling I explained that I really, really was interested in directing, um, and also I would love to play, like, challenge myself and play, like, sort of a, uh, you know, like a Hannibal Lecter is always the way I explain it. Like, if, if it was, like, like, I would love to do, and again, now I'm older, this was, it, when we talked, it was, like, a few years back, um, I just told them, like, if they were doing a 40-year-old um, version of Hannibal Lecter before the movies and they needed a different person I said I would like to play something like that mm -hmm. um, I don't know if that makes sense but you know American Psycho just something or even a cop I've always wanted to play like a Columbo or like a you know detective from like you know Luther I don't know if you've seen yeah. that show Luther something like that like a badass sort of cop detective whatever um, so I was explaining all that to him we hung out over a couple days and stuff and he was like, dude, I really, uh, like, I feel like I, I have an idea somewhat of, and I'd love to try to write something for you in, in playing a character like that. Because he's a writer as well. Right. So I didn't hear from him for, I went home a couple months later, he wrote, back, he wrote me and said, hey, I hope you don't mind, I did like a rough, rough draft idea of a script, and what do you think? So I read it, and it was a version of this 
but as different characters and a little bit darker. Um, and then I was like, well, how about I play myself and then we do this. And so him and I went back and forth, back and forth. He was the writer, but he jumped out. I hadn't met Chris till after. Okay. But him and Chris are friends and written stuff before. And so him and Chris started writing, sent it to me. I would give him ideas and notes or whatever. And then they rewrite it and rewrite it. So we went back and forth for a little bit. And then, um, and then I didn't, I literally like, we got it to a good place and I was like, the script's awesome. And he's like, dude, I think we can make this movie. And I was like, well, I don't know anyone with money to make this movie. Um, and he's like, no, seriously. And so I didn't, uh, he was like, I'm gonna try. And then I didn't, literally didn't hear from him for like five months and I just thought he got another producing job, a directing job, and he just forgot about it. And I went on with my life. And then one day he called me up and he was like, bro, he's like, I found these financiers. They love the script. They really want to make this movie. And I was like, well, do you think I can direct it? Like, I really want to direct it. It's like my story and all that. And so he went back and forth with them and they're like, well, you know, he doesn't have experience, but, but, and, uh, and in the end, they finally came back. This long way of saying, like, they finally came back, these financiers. They put the money up to make the movie and they, they said I could direct it. Um, and we, we started making plans for our shooting and who, who we want to get in it. And we started reaching out to people. We didn't have a lot of money, but it was really awesome because everyone, we re not everyone, but most people we reached out to, they didn't answer. Um, like we just couldn't get a hold of some people. Some people were out of town and busy. And then the people that are in the movie, it was really sweet because it wasn't like they were getting paid their normal, whatever their, I, I don't know everyone's fee, but I'm assuming everyone got gets paid more than they got paid on this movie for the norm. I, like I know Danny Trejo gets paid more than what he does for a day of being in the movie. Um, but him and I are friends. And so we reached out to Danny, Casper Van Dean, Dean, Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher and all that. So it was really awesome. All the people were like, hey, we want to be part of, of Muse's, um, you know, directing debut. So I find it fascinating that the script started without you as a character and then you were the one to infuse yourself into the script. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think that's we, it, like yeah, no, inspiration. It was, it was, it was cool. It was, again, we, it, again, I, I feel like I did, I, <coughs> excuse me, I had the ideas I did. I tried, it was, it was actually tougher than I expected, not to necessarily direct, but to try to direct and, and really focus on doing things and also being like, all right, I have to go get hair and makeup. And mm -hmm. I have to memorize this dialogue. I had to make sure I memorized it all. So it was, uh, you know, juggling the two was definitely, um, uh, it was it was an experience and it was definitely a little tougher than I expected because I'd love, I would love to, my idea when I thought I'd direct is to totally focus on on, on visually how it would look and, and the acting and all that, but also being part of every process, like editing and, excuse me, and uh, sound and everything songs, picking every single song and all that. And I really just didn't have the, the freedom to do that because it was in London and the financiers were in London and the editors and stuff. So again, I, I got to approve everything and see everything, but I didn't get to really dive into it because I was acting and doing that. And 
afterwards was in London, and we started shooting, getting ready for Jay and Silent Bob reboot and all that. So again, I'm very happy with how it turned out. Um, you are looking forward but, to really getting your hands yeah, dirty. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the only doubt. I guess my reason I mention that is because I'm just saying that's. Uh, I'm very happy with it, and I'm and I really enjoyed it. But the only downside is I would have liked to got my hands a little bit dirtier. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. Um, there are two really fascinating timestamps in this film. And one is that Kevin Smith was still fat. And two, Stan Lee was still alive. Which, to me, just makes this film also just such a beautiful time capsule, in yeah, a way. Yeah. No, it, it's, I'm very excited about the... <clears throat> about the whole and it's funny you say it because I was thinking last night Kevin's wearing his jersey too like he's in the new mode of he goes through these phases where it's all these one shirts and then it was only jerseys and shorts and now it's blazers and you know so um, but yes yeah, so Kevin has his jersey on but Stan like it's just so amazing because again like we it, we didn't think it would take this long uh, to get things going and finish but there were some hiccups with editing and and the CGI and stuff like we had these editors and then they couldn't finish it because something came happened with their family something so we had to move over so again I thought like wow I didn't think that we'd not only get Stan and he'd be in it but A we didn't know he'd pass of course but I thought like my movie would come out and then Avengers or Spider-Man he'd be in Spider-Man or what Captain Marvel would come out after but like now that Captain Marvel's out and Spider-Man's out, he's not in that, and all that, like I literally think it, uh, it might be the last movie he's ever been in, and, and you hear, hear what he says, he says like, well, you know, he does his quotes and stuff, and almost saying like, farewell, man, it's really... I think there's a beautiful yeah. synchronicity that you're debuting this movie at Comic-Con, yeah. and Stan Lee is like the patron saint of Comic-Con, yeah. so I, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, uh, we got really lucky with with the whole Comic-Con, being able to play it here, and, and, um, and you know, people getting to see it, and, and talking about it even here at Comic-Con, of all places, because, um, I mean, yeah, it's just, besides him, it's like, we've been coming here for years, and mm -hmm. this is like, usually where we make all, and again, usually it's Kevin's announcements, and, or ours, like, you know, a couple of years ago, it was our video game, and app, and, you know, our tour with our Get Old show, and our cartoon groovy movie, like, it's, it's or Kevin's doing something else, even, that has nothing to do with me, but every year, it's like, Kevin and I, or him, have usually start our whole year, like, this whole from now until next Comic Con, this is what we're doing, yeah. and this sort of the launch pad of, of uh, our stuff. And so for me to get to do my movie here is yes, it was awesome. It is awesome. I mean, How is so, Kevin Smith with the tables turned and you directing him? He, uh, you know, he had fun with it. He felt that I was, uh, you know, we we joked a, a few times about me being like, do it again, do it again, because again, he would do a take and you do one or two takes, <clears throat> and he did a great job, but, you know, I joked a few times, and I was like, you know, I think we need to get that one more time, just to have fun with him, but it, I think he enjoyed it, I think he really, for him, and again, he'd be able to <clears throat> explain it better from his perspective, but he, you know, I've heard him say, like, it felt nice for him to see me, someone we've known each other forever, and, and uh, you know, there's been definitely times where he's, uh, you know, 
not, it, so I was sort of like, you know, a screw up or a little brother that he had to help out and mm-hmm. stuff. And now I'm like, we're like business partners. And now I get to, um, he got to be in my movie. And he said it's really, you know, it's that really is, been nice for him. So. Well, I think that there is something to like childhood friends. Like you, when you know each other as young people, it's hard, it's hard to see the other person any other way. Yeah, um, exactly. And he's also kind of the villain. I think of this film in my interpretation yeah. and and it comes from that that kind of limitation of perspective yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in the film the main theme is you battling people's expectations but they want to see you do that same character they they've loved so much yeah. and you but you still want to grow and and stay relevant and is is that something that manifests in your life? And how was it translating that feeling into film? Um, I definitely, I think that it, it, at moments it felt like, um, again, and going back to the Kevin thing, like even though it's an alternate version of everybody's real, like Kevin isn't playing 100% who Kevin is and myself and Brian and all that stuff. Um, but it's still there is, you know, for a moment, like when we did that scene behind, uh, when we were supposed to be behind the, uh, we're getting the Get Old show, mm-hmm. um, and we were talking about the movies and me doing my thing and him not having faith in me playing the main character. Um, it, it, you know, it's like it wasn't, that isn't true. Like, I don't think Kevin doesn't have confidence in me, but, um, you know, even saying it was sort of weird. But um, I, I, overall, like the movie stems from it, yes, I don't. I think I've I've been lucky enough that over time people have given me like I just did a movie. I, I didn't just do it, but I had done a movie K Eleven where I play a real. It's a real dark movie, and and uh, these guys people in prison, and I'm a prisoner, and and I'm. Uh, selling drugs in there and stuff but not like the goofy Jay it's right. like really different um, and I was in a movie Last Godfather and um, uh, another movie Zombie Hamlet where I play an actor playing um, an actor who's playing Hamlet you know mm-hmm. um, but I'm just saying like I, I think in the beginning for a year like you know the for definitely Jay uh, Clerks Mallrats Chasing Amy era there was mainly people offering me the roles, and they still do see me somewhat as that. And you know, when I try to go out for parts in in, in TV shows or whatever, if people haven't seen more recent things, which as of late, it's been even more things with the Get Old show and our touring and uh, me streaming or what have you. For a while, I, people didn't see me for like two years because I disappeared with uh, having issues with drugs and stuff. So when I came back and we were reaching out to people, I'd be like, does he still have long hair? Is his hair short? You know, uh, so again, I don't think that people, I, I think there, it was like 50-50. It wasn't as extreme as in the movie, mm-hmm. but it's definitely, uh, it was a small piece. It was more like so. a manifestation of an insecurity. Yes, yes. I mean, you really explain things a lot better than uh, No, you're doing amazing. Yeah, but you're like, <laughs> manifestations of the germ of how the movie Manifestation. Well, me talking like that it. is I a manifestation <laughs> of my insecurity. No, so. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm just saying it makes it sound way better than <laughs> than how I make it sound. Have you watched that show oh, on uh, DC? Oh, I know. Yeah. DC, I cannot believe they're doing. I mean, Doom Patrol, Titans, etc. 
It's just I love where we are now. I, isn't it and exciting? Like, like with TV and movies and like even now, it's like we've been coming '97. It's like you want to look out and see this. Like I mean, I remember even in the beginning, and I know this is such a. I want to say it's a. I guess it's not too sexual, or whatever. But I remember like coming here and it'd be like. Guys, 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 guys. You'd see four or five girls dressed cosplayers and they were like girlfriends up front guys. They didn't even like comics. Now it's like like girls, older people, young kids, like, you know, it's every everybody now like really understands comics, pop culture and everything. It's amazing. It's I so think cool. like yeah. I don't think that people really appreciate what a gauntlet it was to be a nerd in the eighties versus being a nerd in the early yeah. aughts. Yeah. Like it's it's really a different place. It really is. And props, yeah. mad props. Um, so without giving away too much about the movie, because I want people to see it, I want them to experience yeah. it. But um, what is going method to you in the context of this film? Like in comparison to, there's another character that is going method, that uh, Danny Trejo, yeah. who mm. you mentioned before. What was the difference between his going method versus your character's going method? Um, again, I'm in a deep question. <clears throat> I mean, what do you mean? How do I feel in real life about it or about my character? You're saying the character went, okay. went uh, method. Again, I think he read the book. He's trying to understand that he's really trying to um, really feel what, you know, it's like taking experiences from life and really trying to, um, show them and, and use them in what you're going to be doing or what have you. And, but there's also like that um, kind of drug metaphor going along with it like you can't do it too quickly and it takes your character yes. to a real dark place. Yes. Yes, the whole book, and again, it's almost like the book is in a sense that is like magical, if you will. And, and uh, But it is, it is like the yeah, it's like if you suck it in too much you're going to go get deep into it. But again, it was just part of the I don't know, I think it's part of the fun, and again, I guess it does relate back to me and drugs and, and my uh, addictive behavior and all that stuff. But again, I, I, I feel like it, it starts off, um, you know, it, it's supposed to be fun because I didn't want to go straight into, like, me just... And again, I did want to, but again, I wanted to play, being that I was directing and, and we're taking it, I wanted to play to my strengths mm -hmm. of, like, me, like, I killed somebody by accident, and it's me, it's like, am I, even though part of me wanted to make it to where, like, I ran the dude over, again, we're giving stuff away, spoilers. Well, we'll but, tell them to yeah, watch the movie first. Yeah, spoilers, but, uh, you know, it's like, I, the first death is, a, is an accident, right. it literally is an accident. Um, but, you know, and then it, it progresses from there, but, um, you know, part of me wanted to make it to where, like, I did just go on a spree, killing spree, but then we went back with, like, back and forth, like, well, it would be fun if it was me, and, and for the alternate me, and, and what it, we don't want to make people dislike the character right off, like, being like, oh, this dude's an asshole, he's going around killing people and choking them out, so, um, but yeah, I, I mean, again, I think everyone has their own version, I think I try, I, I think in real life, too, I've tried to really take things like I feel like if you're gonna cry or laugh like you really have to take something and experience for me personally I know some people can cry on cue and um, laugh on cue I have trouble laughing believe it or not um, I'll tell a last story and then we can go because I can see them cutting us off <laughs> dogma um, we I, when I say holy bartender I get it and I'm supposed to laugh 
I'm really bad at fake laughing for some reason, and I try to think of things and go method of, of what's funny and like what's gonna make me laugh. But I just have trouble with it for some reason. And we were, we were sitting there and we were rolling, and I was like, oh, holy bartender, I get it, ha ha ha. And Kevin's like, dude, that's horrible laugh. Like, we gotta do it again. So we did it again and the laugh sucked. And Kevin's like, bro, like seriously, but we gotta do another one. And, and you know, when you got people holding booms and working and stuff, it's like people are there to work and, and enjoy themselves, but if you're doing something over and over and it's not getting done, people start getting aggravated, especially the other actors, because they're like, dude, I just spit this whole monologue out, now I gotta do the gambit because you can't get this. So like, I started feeling the pressure from everyone around me, and Kevin's like, dude, I'm just gonna roll it until you get a good laugh out. And I tried, and it sucked, and it, I more pressure, so I got, it got worse instead of better. So then finally I would just sit there and I tried to think and think and think of something that was funny to try to make me laugh, and I couldn't. But then it was so quiet and everyone was so quiet and waiting and staring at me, and I had gas and I farted, <laughs> and it was so loud and rumbly and gross that it made me laugh and we got the laugh because of that. So I guess that is me in real life going method. <laughs> I love it. Clearly from God. Thank you so much. <laughs> I thought this you. was wonderful. No, you're great. That's Thanks. awesome. Thank you. So no, thank you guys, bro. I hope your voice sounds you. better. Oh, thank you. Only day two, man. He's hardcore. I know. I mean, He's not here to mess around. He has Comic Con. Thank you guys. Thank, thank you. you. And there you have it, our conversation with Jason Mewes. Pretty weird and wonderful. I love that it ended on a fart story. <laughs> that yes. completed me somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, you try to get him, like, what does your idea of method acting mean? And he tells you, and boom, it's a fart story. I wasn't sure he was going to bring it all together, but he, he totally did. He did, he really did. And it was Beautiful. Yeah, I think if you are at all a fan of Jay and Silent Bob and the Askew universe, uh, Madness in the Method is an essential watch. It is, and it is. I, You'll come out of it going like, is Jay okay? But you've heard this interview. Jay's fine. Jay's fine. You've heard the interview. Yeah, he's still a character. Lisa, have you showered at all since he gave you that hug? No. I didn't think so. I, I was watching and I was like, Lisa is saving that hug on her body. I am. A little jealous. It was jealous. warm. It was nice. <laughs> uh, but next week, we're going to have uh, a really rad guest. We don't know who it's going to be. We've got some people lined up, but uh, it's a mystery. Surprise. Surprises. Surprise. We like surprises. Gift. Don't forget to head on over to our regular ITMOD cast feed and listen to our episode in which we review all of the San Diego Comic-Con. We got stories. We got a lot of stories. Um, we were in Hall H, like we said. All Saturday. Marvel panel was amazing. We had slept in line. I didn't brush my teeth for a whole day. Yeah, I think it was broaching on 48 hours. I just put a little toothpaste on my finger and swished it around. I didn't even do that. He didn't even do that. Be sure to follow our other dorks at the Disco Dork, Darren Smith, at the Turtle Dork, Brian Young, at WB Das, Billy Das, and of course, Lisa... Our listeners can find you where? At Sidewalk Siren on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on all social medias at MouthDork. And until next time, guys, take care. Why spend your life making someone else's dreams 